0: So I want to start off uh, reading one of my favorite passages of scriptures and it's found in the book of Philippians chapter four. Philippians four is an awesome chapter in the Bible um, and verses eight and nine are just incredibly powerful. So I want to read those now. Philippians four verses eight and nine. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure. Whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things and the God of peace will be with you. You guys, there really is something powerful about setting our minds on that which is good, it's powerful. Uh, God would really love for every one of us to memorize that that scripture. And I'm positive of that. And, and here's why I say that. According to this scripture, when we set our sights and our remembrance on, kids, get ready with your worksheets. When we set our remembrance on the true, the honorable, the just, the pure, the lovely, the admirable, the excellent, and the praiseworthy. When we think on these things, it positions our minds and our hearts right next to the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit then reminds us of everything that we have learned, everything we have received, everything that we have heard, and everything that we have seen from Jesus, that was one of the promises of Jesus. And when he raved about the Holy Spirit, he said, "It's better that I go away, because because I, I, I'm with you here right now. But He'll be with all of you all the time, and He will remind you of everything I've said, everything I've done, everything you've received. And so, this passage, when we remember the goodness of God and we remember the lovely and the pure and the praiseworthy, the excellent, it just positions us to be in alignment with the Holy Spirit, so that then He can unpack the goodness of God the way he wants. Isn't that awesome? I love that. And when we do that, what does scripture say is the result of that? Does it say that the result is that the peace of God will be with us? No. The peace of God being with us would be pretty great, but that's not what it says. It says the God of peace will be with us. That's way better. If I have the choice between just having the peace of God with me or the God of peace with me, that's a no-brainer. Being with the God of peace causes everything else to just fade away in the light of His love. But... Have you ever found yourself in the place where regardless of how hard you try, you just can't see the good? Set your minds on what is true and honorable. No, 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 no. You set your minds on those things. All I can see is the dark right now. All I can see is is pain. Keep that to yourself. I can't see those things right now. If we're all honest, we have found ourselves in that place. We find ourselves in that place from time to time. And in fact, you might be at that place right now where you can't see the good and the excellent and the praiseworthy and the true and the just and the admirable because your pain is front and center. The the darkness is front and center. What then? What then? If that's the place that you're in right now that I'm in, what then? Well, wouldn't you know it that God has made a way to be with us during that time as well. Please turn in your Bibles to, uh, or your Bible apps to Psalm chapter 77. We're going to be there for a while. So turn to to Psalm 77 and, and just we'll go to other scriptures but you can just keep your finger in that place. We're going to read about this scenario where the bad circumstances are so great that the goodness and the beauty of God can't be seen and and things ramp up quickly. So let's jump in Psalm 77 verse 1. I cry out to God. Yes, I shout. I mean, we're, we're there. We we're just, we ramp up quick. Oh, that God would listen to me. When I was in deep trouble, I searched for the Lord. All night long, I prayed with hands lifted toward heaven, but my soul was not comforted. That's the name of my message today. It's not comforted. I think of God, and I moan, overwhelmed with longing for his help. You don't let me sleep. I am too distressed even to pray. Wow. Talk about blunt honesty. Anybody ever feel this way? And just even before you answer, it's okay if you do. It's okay if you do. It's okay okay. Church, our, our God is not some temperamental friend yeah. who is easily offended. And I need to make that obvious. Jesus is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. Psalm 18, 24 says this. A man of many companions may come to ruin, but there is a true loving friend who is reliable and who sticks closer than a brother. Uh, There's a great song by Houdini from the late 80s called Friends. I'm so tempted to quote it right now. But Friends, a word we use every day. But most of the time we use it in the wrong way. You can look the word up again and again, but the dictionary doesn't know the meaning of Friends. Friends by Houdini. Go to Spotify, you'll thank me. This era of social media proclaims hundreds of superficial connections who are called friends. But there are very few true friends. Even the most socially connected and most liked can be lonely. Let's keep reading just to see if things get any better for this psalmist. We pick up in verse four. You don't let me sleep. I am too distressed even to pray. I think of the good old days, long since ended, when my nights were filled with joyful songs. I search my soul and ponder the difference now. I I think this probably relates to a bunch of us. Young people, I I remember, you might be saying, "I, I remember when I could hang out with my friends and not be stuck with my parents at home all the time. Parents, you might be saying, I remember when I could go hang out with my friends and not be stuck at home with my wonderful children. Uh, I remember when I could buy Charmin 7-ply massage your butt toilet paper. I remember when I could go to the store and didn't have to measure how far apart I was from the next person. I remember when I had a job. I remember when I could wake up in the morning with hope instead of fear. I search my soul and I ponder the difference now. It's a different time we live in. Let's keep reading. Verse 7. Has the Lord rejected me forever? Will he never again be kind to me? Is his unfailing love gone forever? Have his promises permanently failed? Has God forgotten to be gracious? Has he slammed the door on his compassion? And I said, this is my fate. The Most High has turned his hand against me. Boy, now we're getting real, huh? Now we're getting real. One by one, the psalmist questions the great characteristics of God's agreement, his promise with his people. One by one, this hurting and hopeless and weary and exhausted because he hasn't been sleeping been crying out and raising his arms all night with no response, exhausted and weary and hopeless. And so one by one, this person questions the most precious attributes of God. And maybe you're in that place as well. What we see questioned here is God's acceptance, God's kindness, his unfailing love, his Ability and willingness and faithfulness to keep his promises. His grace and his compassion. And he ends with this. Has God abandoned me? It's pretty heavy, right? Why are these questions in the Bible? Every word of scripture is there inspired by the Holy Spirit. So why are these questions in the Bible? Let me ask you another question. Do they seem a little inappropriate to you? If they do, let, let me say this. They shouldn't because they're not, not at all. Our God is not some removed, absent, untouchable God. That's not who he is. He understands every aspect of our human condition. Jesus came to this earth as a human and he walked out. Scripture tells us that every test that he could, he could endure, he endured. He just did not sin. But I tell you what, because Jesus was here as, as human and lived a human life, He has compassion for us. He has empathy for us. He has sympathy for us. He understands. He gets it. Is it a sin to question God? No, friends, it's not. It's not. Even if it's asked out of anger or frustration or doubt, we've all done that. Do you know what God hears when we ask those kind of questions out of fear, out of hurt? Do you know what God hears? He hears an open door to dialogue with us. He hears conversation. He hears that since questions have been asked, he has the opportunity to respond with an answer. He hears openness. He hears the hurt. He hears the pain. He hears the frustration. He hears it all. And and that's key, friends. He hears us. He's present. He hears us. He loves us. He hears the opportunity to dialogue with us and to speak truth. So I think we have this misconception about God and questions because we see in Scripture that there. Uh, In the New Testament, we see devious religious leaders questioning Jesus for the purpose of trapping him. They're questioning Jesus for the purpose of trapping him so that they can arrest him, so they can shut him up and shut him down. But see, Scripture tells us that God knows our heart. God knows the condition of our heart. And so when we're asking these questions, he knows if we're doing it out out of a way to trap him and shut him down, or if we're asking these questions out of hurt and out of pain because we need his healing touch. Did you know that even Jesus questioned the Father? It's true. It's shown in Mark chapter 15, verse 34. I'm going to pause if you want to turn to that. In Mark 15.34, when Jesus was experiencing the most painful, darkest time of his life, when he was dying on the cross, we see even Jesus expresses his pain with questioning. Mark 15.34, then at three o'clock, Jesus cried out with a loud voice, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani? which means, my God, my God, why have you abandoned me? To me, a flawed man, a flawed American man born in the South in 1970, it sounds a bit offensive to question God in the way that we see in Psalm 77 or even in the way that Jesus does here. But thankfully, our God doesn't have my insecurities. Thankfully, our God doesn't have my baggage. Friends, we can ask God questions. We can call out to God in anguish. He doesn't get offended. He doesn't turn us away. He doesn't rebuke us for how dare you question me? How dare you question my authority? That's not his heart. That's never his heart. It actually takes a whole lot to offend our God. And here's why. Because we, when we are at our weakest and when we are at our worst, we are usually at our most vulnerable. And we're also usually at our most honest with God. And it's during this time that we are really listening. Desperate usually. And Jesus... Our true friend, our reliable friend, our sticky friend. He can't be shaken. He can't be scared off. We, we try and push him away, but he's right there. Yeah. And he looks past our possibly offensive words and he sees our hurt and he sees our pain. And his response is never, how dare you, harumph. His response is, I see you, I hear you. I care about you, I love you. Keep going. I'm listening. Get it all out. Get it out. Get it out. I, I don't know what movie it was. I, I feel like it, maybe it was uh, a Christmas story where th- there's a kid in the movie and he said, you know, he heard a, one of his parents like screaming a cuss word and he's like, that was the loudest profanity I've ever heard in my whole life. Friends, get it out. Get it out. Our God He's not afraid of our weak moments and he's not going to judge us for those moments of weakness. So there's an amazing quote by Timothy George that says There is no pathway to Easter Sunday that does not lead through Good Friday. There is no pathway to Easter Sunday that does not lead through Good Friday. There is no glorious resurrection without that horrific assassination. There's no triumphant victory over death without death. And many times in life, we don't see that we've come out of that valley of the shadow of death until we go, oh, I'm out. There's light again. There's hope again. Let's jump back into Psalm 77. Hopefully you kept your finger marked there. We pick back up in verse 10, the very next verse. Actually, I'm repeating the previous verse, but that's okay. And I said, this is my fate. The most high has turned his hand against me. You know what this story needs right about now? It needs a big butt. I'm trying so hard to ignore the Sir Mix-a-Lot in my head right now. But here we go, next verse. But, But, there's our big but. But, then I recall all you have done, O Lord. I remember your wonderful deeds of long ago. I recall all you've done. But, I recall all you've done. I bring a fact back to my mind I bring a fact back to our remembrance. That's what it means to recall. To bring a fact back to your mind. To to reach back and grab that fact and bring it back to your remembrance. I bring to my mind and my remembrance the facts of who you are. God, I bring back to my mind and my remembrance the facts of who you are, who God is, and I choose to recall. I choose to recall that God doesn't just have a characteristic of acceptance. God is acceptance. Mm -hmm. I choose to recall that God just doesn't have a trait of kindness. He is kindness. He is love. He is truth. Verse 11 again I recall all you have done, O Lord. I remember your wonderful deeds of long ago. Hold on a second, just a minute. We couldn't remember anything. We couldn't think of anything good. Now he's not just recalling that God is good. He's remembering what God did generations ago. The way he's been faithful all along, not just to me, but in the lives of others. They're constantly in my thoughts, constantly in my thoughts. You're reading this, right? I cannot stop thinking about your mighty works. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? We just went from, I searched all night long. I prayed with my hands lifted toward heaven. My soul was not comforted. I'm overwhelmed. I can't sleep and I'm too distressed even to pray. We just came from that place to your wonderful deeds that you've done for me and for the generations before me are so awesome that they're constantly in my thoughts and I can't stop thinking about your mighty works. In case you're wondering, the answer is yes. Yes, you are just as dramatic as this. Yes, at times we can all be just as dramatic as that. Verse 13. O oh God, your ways are holy. Is there any God as mighty as you? You are the God of great wonders. You demonstrate your awesome power among the nations. This change from being not comforted at all to having our souls in complete peace isn't just the result of recalling God's goodness. It's the result of opening our hearts to his goodness. It's it's the result of leaving just a crack in the door. Just, Just leaving an openness. It's the result of not completely shutting God out. See, we've all been in that place where it was dark and heavy and hurt, and that's all we could see. And here's what Jesus is asking. He's just asking to leave the door cracked for his light to shine through. To to leave some small place of margin where that we can still remember that God is good and that there's beautiful things around us. You know what? In that passage from Philippians 4, 8, there's times when, when the heaviness of this world is on me and I know I'm told to think of something good. It's not like I think of something spiritual and that's good. Sometimes I think of little man ice cream. Sometimes I think of sitting on my front porch and hearing the kids in my neighborhood laugh. Sometimes I think of my little dog, Stella. We we don't have to super spiritualize this. Sometimes we just have to think of something that brings us to a place where that we remember there is good. And then from that place, if we go back to that passage, we're positioned where the Holy Spirit will then remind us of what Jesus has done. When when we get to that place where we're like, there is some good. There's a lot of junk, but there is some good. We're positioned where the Holy Spirit can say, yeah, and what about this? And what about this? And what about that? And do you remember when Jesus said that? And maybe a scripture comes to mind and we're like, yeah, Lord, you, yeah, that's true. And, and you know what? In that situation, I thought there's no way that I would get out of it. And you, you carried me through. We just have to open our hearts to Jesus so that we can see the goodness. And he can drive out darkness and he can be our peace. We are his, you are his. He loves you with all his heart. He adores you, he loves you. And he is listening to you and you can be raw and you can be real, you can be emotional, you can be ugly. You know like there's like the pretty cry and the ugly cry. You can do the ugly cry, not dripping cry. You can do the ugly cry. And and the whole time he, he just he thinks you're beautiful cuz you're his. Just give him room. None of us are exempt from sleepless nights. None of us. None of us are exempt from heavy hearts. We all have moments of hopelessness. We all have moments of fear. And Jesus had never promised us that we wouldn't have those things. In fact, he warned us and said, you're going to walk through hardships. You're going to have hardships. I'm letting you know right now. Jesus, he told us, you're going to go through really hard things. But this is the promise he made to us. He said, I'll never run out on you. He said, I'll never leave you. I will never run out on you. I will never forsake you. That's the promise he made. The last scripture I have today is out of the book of Isaiah, chapter 43. Kiddos, this pay attention to this, because this is on your on your worksheet. Verses 1 through the first part of verse 3. But now, O Jacob. Listen to the Lord who created you. And I encourage you to say this. Can you substitute your name in there? Can you say, but now, oh, Cadence, listen to the Lord. And now, oh, Richard, listen to the Lord. But now, oh, Amy, listen to the Lord. But now, oh, Talia, listen to the Lord who created you. O Israel, the one who formed you says, do not be afraid for I have ransomed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. Check out this verse. When you go through deep waters, I will be with you. When you go through rivers of difficulty, you will not drown. When you walk through the fire of oppression, you will not be burned up. The flames will not consume you. For I am the Lord, your God. Not just I am the Lord, the God. I am the Lord, your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. For all of us right now in a difficult place in, in our world's history, in our nation's history, let the rubber meet the road in our lives in our personal history this is a hard time so what I'm asking you to do is to reach back and grab a fact and bring it to mind recall 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 the Lord's goodness be open to remembering the good remembering the lovely, the true, the praiseworthy, the excellent, the admirable. And when you do, when you remember, and the tide of your heart turns, then just ride with it. Just ride with it wherever the Lord takes you. Just don't fight it. Don't resist. Just ride it, because here's what's going to happen is He's going to take you out of that place of darkness and into His glorious light. And in that place, you will rest with the God of peace. Not just resting with peace. You will rest with the God of peace. If you lost your job, I promise you there'll be another. Just don't give up. If you're sick, I know this about my God. He's still the healer. And He can heal you. So just don't give up. If you're stir crazy and you just feel exhausted, just run to Jesus and don't give up. If you're in deep waters, I want to encourage you, God is with you. He's not going to let you drown. If you don't have groceries, email me, include your phone number, include a way to get a hold of you, and, and we'll put some food in your pantry and some toilet paper in your bathroom. I mean it. If you can't afford to keep your lights on, we can do something. We can do something. I'm just letting you know, we can do something. We, we'll connect we will stand with you. During this time, we all better be linking arms together. And I'm just letting you know, we are here to link arms with you and to point you to Jesus. Our God is faithful. He's way more generous than you and I. And it's him that'll be meeting your needs. And we'll just have the thrill of being used by him. Reach out to me. Email us at contact at Contact at impactrock.com that goes to our pastoral team in fact when this service is over the first thing we do is we grab our our email to see if someone's reached out and emailed if you need prayer if you're heavy and you're in that dark place you just need someone to pray with you email and, and include your number and I'll call you immediately Andy will call you immediately Kara or Kim will call you right away I want to pray for you guys right now. I just want to point you to Jesus. Lord, I just lift up every person. Lord, this isn't... Lord, the heaviness they're walking through, Lord, it's not a surprise to you. You haven't been taken off guard, Lord. This wasn't a curveball to you, Lord. And you are Lord of all. You are Lord of all. So, Lord, I just lift up every heavy heart to you, every hopeless person to you, Lord, every restless mind to you, and I just ask for your presence to be mighty and powerful and to still the winds and the waves of the storm because that's what you do because that's who you are you're not just good you are goodness you are power and you are love Lord, even now, would you just comfort hearts? Lord, would you just take, seize that crack in the door to rush in and remind that you are good and that you are faithful and that you can be trusted in this time?